How should the church deal with sinners and apostates? Does the Book of Mormon teaching of no paid clergy apply to current LDS general authorities? Are there striking parallels between the conversion and ministry of Alma and that of Apostle Paul? Does the Book of Mormon offer more options than heaven or hell? Hi, Max here. Welcome to the Come Follow Me podcast. This review covers the lesson plan for Mosiah chapter 25 through 28. Please subscribe to be notified of our upcoming videos. For the sake of time, I will not cite all the parallel phrases and words from the Old and New Testament that is in the Book of Mormon text. While it can be argued that some of the parallels are coincidental, most are so strong that it is impossible not to conclude that their true source is the King James Version of the Bible. For a complete transcript of this lesson, please click on the link in the description below. We begin this lesson with chapter 25, which is a transition between the reuniting of the people of Lemhi and the people of Alma with the people in the land of Zarahemla. After nearly three generations of living in separate lands, the Nephites were again one people. Remember that King Mosiah II, the son of King Benjamin and the grandson of King Mosiah I, is the righteous king of the land of Zarahemla. Mormon, who is bridging these records and telling this story, is going to give us more information about the original people of Zarahemla, who were descendants of Mulek. According to the Bible, when Jerusalem was captured about 588 BC, the Babylonian army killed King Zedekiah's sons before putting out the king's eyes. See Jeremiah 39, verses 6-7, and Jeremiah 52, verses 1-11. through the Book of Mormon informs us that one of Zedekiah's sons, Mulek, escaped, and he traveled with a group from Jerusalem to the New World. They settled in the land of Zarahemla. See Omni 1, verses 14-15. Mosiah 25-1 King Mosiah gathers all the people together. Verse 2 There were more of the people of Zarahemla who were descendants of Mulek than there were of the children of Nephi. The words, quote, many of the children of, are in Luke 1.16, and, quote, which came with him, are also in Luke 23.55. Mosiah 25.3, and there are twice as many Lamanites as all of the Nephites put together. Mosiah 25.4, so there were gathered together two groups, the people of Nephi and the people of Zarahemla. The phrase, quote, were assembled together and, is also in Acts 4.31. Mosiah 25, verses 5-6 through six. Mosiah read to the people the record of Zenith, including Noah and Lemhi, and the account of Alma. In verses 7-8, through eight, Mosiah's people were amazed and filled with joy. Verse 7, the phrase, quote, were struck with wonder and amazement, is also in Acts 3.10. Mosiah 25.8, the phrase, quote, with exceeding great joy, is similar to Matthew 2.10. Mosiah 25.9 They were also filled with sadness for their brethren who had been killed by the Lamanites. Verse 10 And again, when they thought of the immediate goodness of God and his power in delivering Alma and his brethren out of the hands of the Lamanites and of bondage, they did raise their voices and give thanks to God. The words, quote, give thanks to God is also in Colossians 1.3. Mosiah 25.11 and again, when they thought upon the Lamanites, who were their brethren, of their sinful and polluted state, they were filled with pain and anguish for the welfare of their souls. 
Remember, God cursed them back in 2 Nephi 5, verses 21-24. Mosiah 25:12. And it came to pass that those who were the children of Amulon and his brethren, who had taken to wife the daughters of the Lamanites, were displeased with the conduct of their fathers, and they would no longer be called by the names of their fathers. Therefore they took upon themselves the name of Nephi, that they might be called the children of Nephi, and be numbered among those who were called Nephites. The children of the wicked priests of Amulon and other priests renounced the name of their fathers and took upon themselves the name of Nephites. The phrase, quote, had taken to wife is also in 1 Kings 7, 8, and, quote, that they might be called is the same in Isaiah 61, 3. Mosiah 25.13 And now all the people of Zarahemla were numbered with the Nephites, and this because the kingdom had been conferred upon none but those who were descendants of Nephi. Even the people of Zarahemla, who were not descended from Nephi, were now numbered with the Nephites, and many of them wanted to become members of Alma's church. Mosiah 25.14 After Mosiah was done speaking and reading, he asked Alma to say a thing or two to the people. The words, quote, speak to the people, are also in Luke 20, verse 9. Remember back in the land of Nephi, after Ammon and his companions found Lehi and his people, that they had asked Ammon to baptize them? He declined to do so at the time, considering himself unworthy. And Mormon told us in Mosiah 21, 33-35, that he would inform us later about their baptism. Well, he does it now. Mosiah 25, 15-16 Alma reminds the people that it was the Lord who delivered them from bondage. Verses 17-18 And it came to pass, that after Alma had taught the people many things, and had made an end of speaking to them, that King Limhi was desirous that he might be baptized, and all his people were desirous that they might be baptized also. Therefore Alma did go forth into the water, and did baptize them. Yea, he did baptize them after the manner he did his brethren in the waters of Mormon. Yea, and as many as he did baptize did belong to the church of God, and this because of their belief on the words of Alma. The word baptize is from the Greek term baptizo. It was first introduced in the gospel with John the Baptist. The term baptize is not in the Jewish canon or the Septuagint, but it is mentioned 58 times in the Old Testament era of the Book of Mormon. Mosiah 25.19 With this sudden increase in members, Mosiah turns over the running of the church to Alma, who becomes the president of the church, and Mosiah continues to remain king over the government. And it came to pass that King Mosiah granted unto Alma that he might establish churches throughout all the land of Zarahemla, and gave him power to ordain priests and teachers over every church. The terms priests and teachers used here is not referring to LDS Aaronic priesthood, since it has not yet been set up among the Nephites. As we covered back in the lesson on 2 Nephi chapters 1-5, Joseph Fielding Smith taught that Jacob and Joseph couldn't hold the Aaronic priesthood because they weren't from the tribe of Levi. The problem with that argument is that no one ever held the Melchizedek priesthood in the Old or New Testament eras. Only Christ was called the priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. See Hebrews 7.17. You don't read anywhere in the New Testament where Jesus conferred a priesthood of any kind on his apostles. 
He ordained them, meaning he appointed them and authorized them, but never gave them a Melchizedek priesthood. Consequently, Peter, James, and John could not have passed any priesthood onto Joseph Smith, since they themselves didn't have it. Thus, anyone today claiming to hold the Aaronic or Melchizedek priesthood is clearly in the wrong. Mosiah 25.20 Now this was done because there were so many people that they could not all be governed by one teacher, neither could they all hear the word of God in one assembly. The words, quote, God is one, are the same in Ephesians 2.16. Mosiah 25.21 Therefore, they did assemble themselves together in different bodies, being called churches, every church having their priests and their teachers, and every priest preaching the word according as it was delivered to him by the mouth of Alma. Sounds somewhat like the organization of the Mormon church today, where the saints are divided into branches and districts and wards and stakes, with bishops and stake presidents presiding over each, and with those leaders looking to their prophet for direction on what they should teach their congregations. Mosiah 25.22 They were all one church, the church of God, and they only taught faith and repentance. The words, they were all one, is also in 1 Corinthians 12.19, and, quote, preached in all the churches, are similar to Acts 8.40. Mosiah 25.23 There were seven churches in the land of Zarahemla, reminiscent of the seven churches mentioned in John's revelation in the New Testament. In the 1830 edition, page 209, it read, quote, There was seven churches. It now reads, There were seven churches. The words, quote, Now there were seven, is also in Mark 12.20, and, quote, Seven churches in the land are similar to Revelation 1.4, and, quote, the name of Christ, are in 2 Timothy 2.19. Mosiah 25.26 And they were called the people of God, and the Lord did pour out his Spirit upon them, and they were blessed and prospered in the land. Mosiah 26, verses 1-2 through two. Just as things were starting to go really well for the new church, it is threatened by the new rising generation who do not believe in the traditions of their fathers or in God. Sounds like the millennials and Gen Zs of our modern day. Mosiah 26.1 In the 1830 edition, page 209, it read, quote, There was many of the rising generation. End quote. It now reads, quote, There were many of the rising generation. End quote. Mosiah 26, verses 3-4 through four. And now because of their unbelief, they could not understand the word of God, and their hearts were hardened and they would not be baptized. Neither would they join the church, and they were a separate people as to their faith, and remained so ever after, even in their carnal and sinful state, for they would not call upon the Lord their God. They were turned off from religious instructions and their dogmatic policies and authoritarian restrictions and works-based requirements, much like today. The words, quote, they should not be baptized, are similar to Acts 10.47, and, quote, call upon the Lord, are also in Psalms 18.3. Mosiah 26, verses 5-6. through six. And although they were in the minority of the Nephites, they were becoming numerous all the time. Because of their influence, many church members were led away to commit sin. So the church felt it needed to do something about them. Mosiah 26, verse 6. 
In the 1830 edition, page 209, it read, quote, Those who committed sin that was in the church, end quote. It now reads, quote, That were in the church, end quote. The phrase, quote, flattering words, is in 1 Thessalonians 2.5, and, quote, were in the church, is the same in Acts 13, verse 1. Mosiah 26, verse 7. These serious transgressors were gathered up by the local church authorities and brought before Alma, who was the high priest. Again, we have to question the high priest designation. Mosiah 26, verses 9-10. through 10. Because nothing like this had happened before in the church, Alma didn't know how to handle the situation, so they brought them to King Mosiah. Verse 11. And he said unto the king, Behold, here are many whom we have brought before thee, who are accused of their brethren. Yea, and they have been taken in diverse iniquities, and they do not repent of their iniquities. Therefore we have brought them before thee, that thou mayest judge them according to their crimes. Because Mosiah was the ruler over the government, Alma referred to these transgressors as criminals, hoping that their crimes would fall under the king's jurisdiction. The words, quote, that thou mayest judge, is also in Second Chronicles 1.11. Mosiah 26.12 But King Mosiah said unto Alma, Behold, I judge them not. Therefore I deliver them into thy hands to be judged. Mosiah reminds Alma that this is a religious matter, not a civil matter. It seems Alma, as high priest, has yet to learn how to act in his calling. The words, quote, Behold, I judge, are also in Ezekiel 34.17, and, quote, I deliver them into thy hands, are similar to Joshua 24.11. Mosiah 26.13, as a last resort, Alma now turns to the Lord for guidance. And now the spirit of Alma was again troubled, and he went and inquired of the Lord what he should do concerning this matter, for he feared that he should do wrong in the sight of God. Alma was concerned that he might mishandle the situation. Mosiah 26.14 And it came to pass that after he had poured out his whole soul to God, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, And God had a lot to say to Alma about how blessed he is for many reasons. The phrase, quote, He had poured out his whole soul is similar to Isaiah 53.12, and, quote, The voice of the Lord came to him is similar to Acts 7.31. Mosiah 26, verses 15 through 16. The Lord called Alma blessed for believing the words of Abinadi and being baptized in the waters of Mormon with those who believed on his teachings. Mosiah 26.17 And Alma is being blessed because he established a church. The words, quote, shall be established are also in Zechariah 5.11. Mosiah 26.18 And blessed are the members who are called the Lord's. The words, quote, and my name shall they be called are similar to Mark 16.17. Mosiah 26.19 Another reason Alma is blessed is because he asked God what to do with these transgressors. The phrase, quote, hast inquired of, is also in 1 Samuel 22.13. Mosiah 26.20 From this verse, we learn that Alma's calling and election is made sure. In other words, according to Mormonism, the Lord assures Alma at this point that he will be exalted in the highest degree of the celestial kingdom and will become a god. In Mormonism, the term eternal life means exaltation. Thou art my servant, 
and I covenant with thee that thou shalt have eternal life, and thou shalt serve me, and go forth in my name, and shalt gather together my sheep. Of course, Alma will have to go to the temple where he will take out his endowments and be sealed to a righteous woman before he can obtain that eternal life. Unfortunately, the Nephite temples did not perform any of those ordinances or ceremonies. At least they were not mentioned in the Book of Mormon, nor the Bible for that matter. So maybe that work will need to be done for him after he is dead. But that doctrine or precept is not taught in the Book of Mormon. The phrase, quote, that ye have eternal life, is also in 1 John 5.13, and, quote, and shall gather together, is similar to Mark 13.27. In the language of Mormonism, eternal life is distinct from immortality. It doesn't describe living eternally with God, but living eternally as God. Thus, it is another name for Godhood and synonymous with exaltation. And exaltation is to inherit a place in the highest degree of the celestial kingdom. See Doctrine and Covenants 131, 1-4. It can only be achieved through obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. On the other hand, Biblical Christianity teaches that eternal life is living with God. It is His gift and is received the moment a person is brought to faith in Christ. See Romans 6.23, Ephesians 2.8-9, and John 5.24. In 2 Nephi 31 verses 4-20, we learn that in the LDS context, the grace Jesus gives does not elevate a person to a new relationship with God, It merely provides a staircase or a ladder to allow humans the opportunity to climb their way up to the top by their obedience to the laws and ordinances and by keeping commandments of the Mormon gospel. Doctrine and Covenants 14.7 says, After keeping commandments and enduring to the end, then you will have eternal life. Mosiah 26.21 And he that will hear my voice shall be my sheep. And him shall ye receive into the church, and him will I also receive. The words, quote, him will I also, are in Matthew 10.33. Mosiah 26.22 For behold, this is my church. Whosoever is baptized shall be baptized unto repentance. And whomsoever ye receive shall believe in my name, and him will I freely forgive. The phrase, quote, shall be baptized, is in Acts 1.5, and, quote, shall believe in my name, is similar to Mark 16.17. Mosiah 26.23, the Lord tells Alma that he has taken on the sins of the world. Well, not yet, but he will. The words, quote, the sins of the world, are similar to John 1.29, and, quote, unto him that believeth, are similar to Mark 9.23. Mosiah 26.24, For behold, in my name are they called, and if they know me, they shall come forth, and shall have a place eternally at my right hand. The words, quote, shall have a place, are also in Proverbs 14.26, Mosiah 26.25. And it shall come to pass, that when the second trump shall sound, then shall they that never knew me come forth, and shall stand before me. This is the resurrection of those who did not accept Christ. They will be judged. Verse 26. And then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, that I am their Redeemer, 
but they would not be redeemed. They didn't want to be redeemed. The phrase, quote, Then shall they know that I am their God, that I am, is taken from Ezekiel 39.28, Mosiah 26.27. And then I will confess unto them that I never knew them, and they shall depart into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. This verse is taken from Matthew 7.23 and Matthew 25.41. Remember in the introduction page of the Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith said, I told the brethren that the Book of Mormon was the most correct of any book on earth and the keystone of our religion, and a man would get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. Evidently, one of the precepts that was never taught in the Book of Mormon was the three degrees of glory and outer darkness. Rather, the main considerations are simply heaven or hell, as taught in this chapter of Mosiah. The Book of Mormon, in several places, teaches that there are only two options for man's future, heaven or hell. See 2 Nephi 28-22, 1 Nephi 15-35, Mosiah 16, verse 11 and verse 27-31, Alma 41, verse 4-8, Alma 42-16. Yet the Doctrine and Covenants promises some level of heaven to practically everyone. See DNC 76, Mosiah 26-28. The Lord now gives specific instructions to Alma as to how to deal with sinners and apostates in the church. If people do not want to hear God's voice, they are not welcome in his church. Mosiah 26.29 Therefore I say unto you, Go, and whosoever transgresseth against me, him shall ye judge according to the sins which he has committed. And if he confess his sins before thee and me, and repenteth in the sincerity of his heart, him shall ye forgive, and I will forgive him also. This is similar to the same procedure LDS bishops and stake presidents operate under today. The words, quote, whosoever transgresseth, are also in Second John 1 9, and, quote, will forgive him, are similar to Luke 17 4. Mosiah 26 30. Yea, and as often as my people repent, will I forgive them their trespasses against me. Mosiah 26 31. God tells Alma's people to forgive one another. The words, quote, forgive one another your trespasses, are similar to Matthew 6.14, Mosiah 26.32. Whoever does not repent will not be numbered among God's people. In other words, Alma will have to hold a disciplinary court and excommunicate them, meaning cut them off or blot their names out. Mosiah 26, verses 33-34. So Alma judged those who have been taken in iniquity. Mosiah 26.33 The phrase, quote, that he might judge the people is similar to Psalms 50 verse 4. Mosiah 26.35 Those who repented were able to retain their membership. Mosiah 26.36 Those who would not repent, their names were removed from the records of the church. This is how religious institutions enforce compliance to policies, procedures, laws, and commandments. The words, quote, were not numbered among the people, are similar to Numbers 2.33, Mosiah 26.37. And it came to pass that Alma did regulate all the affairs of the church, and they began again to have peace and to prosper exceedingly in the affairs of the church, walking circumspectly before God, receiving many and baptizing many. The phrase, quote, walking circumspectly, 
is similar to Ephesians 5.15. Once all the sinners are purged from the church, it is a utopia. Mosiah 26.38 They suffered persecution from non-believers and apostates, which has always been a Mormon complaint, right? The phrase, quote, walking in all, is in Luke 1.6, and, quote, teaching the word of God, is in Acts 18.11, and, quote, being persecuted, is in 1 Corinthians 4.12. Mosiah 26.39 And they did admonish their brethren, and they were also admonished every one by the word of God, according to his sins, or to the sins which he had committed, being commanded of God to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in all things. The words, quote, by the word of God, are also in Romans 10.17, and, quote, God according to his, is the same in Acts 13.23, and, quote, pray without ceasing, are in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Mosiah chapter 27. We now come to one of the most popular chapters in the Book of Mormon. It contains the account of the conversion of Alma the Younger and the four sons of Mosiah, who were very wicked men. In verse 1, the unbelievers were persecuting the believers, so they complained to Alma Sr. Alma asked the king what to do about it, and Mosiah asked his priests. Verse 2, Mosiah sent out a proclamation to his people that unbelievers shouldn't persecute believers. The phrase, quote, sent a proclamation throughout the land is similar to 1 Kings 22.36. Mosiah 27.3, there was also a strict commandment throughout the churches that there should be no persecution among themselves. There should be equality among all men. The phrase, quote, throughout all the churches is also in 2 Corinthians 8.18. And, quote, that there should be an equality is similar to 2 Corinthians 8.14. Mosiah 27.5 Yea, and all their priests and teachers should labor with their own hands for their support, in all cases, save it were in sickness or in much want. And doing these things... They did abound in the grace of God. The phrase, quote, labor with their hands, is similar to 1 Corinthians 4.12. And, quote, in the grace of God, is also in Acts 13.43. In other words, no paid clergy among the Nephites. The LDS Church has always taught that they had a lay ministry. They criticized other religious denominations for having paid clergies. However, it was recently revealed in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and that of the First Presidency in the LDS Church, receiving a six-figure annual salary along with other monetary benefits. See the Salt Lake Tribune, January 26, 2017, by Peggy Fletcher Stack, called How Much Do Paid Mormon Leaders Make? Leaked pay stubs may surprise you. So, it's not consistent with the teachings and precepts of the Book of Mormon. Mosiah 27.6 There began to be peace throughout the land, the population grew and spread out into large cities and villages. Wish there was some archaeological ruins to substantiate that claim. Mosiah 27.7 And the Lord did visit them and prosper them, and they became a large and wealthy people. Just like the modern LDS Church. See the Wall Street Journal article February 8, 2020, called The Mormon Church Amassed $100 Billion. It was the best-kept secret in the investment world. Links are in the description below. Mosiah 27.8 Now the sons of Mosiah were numbered among the unbelievers, and also one of the sons of Alma was numbered among them. 
he being called Alma after his father. Nevertheless, he became a very wicked and an idolatrous man, and he was a man of many words, and did speak much flattery to the people. Therefore he led many of the people to do after the manner of his iniquities. Alma was both a smooth talker and a bad influence on people. Verse 9. And he became a great hinderment to the prosperity of the church of God, stealing away the hearts of the people, causing much dissension among the people, giving a chance for the enemy of God to exercise his power over them. Sounds like many church members admired Alma Jr. and followed him. The words, quote, enemy of God, are also in James 4.4. 4. Mosiah 27.10 We are about to read a conversion account reminiscent of Saul of Tarsus in the New Testament. And now it came to pass that while he was going about to destroy the church of God, for he did go about secretly with the sons of Mosiah, seeking to destroy the church, and to lead astray the people of the Lord, contrary to the commandments of God, or even the king. This verse is similar to Acts 26.11. Mosiah 27.11 And as I said unto you, as they were going about rebelling against God, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and he descended as it were in the cloud, and he spake as it were with a voice of thunder, which caused the earth to shake upon which they stood. The phrase, quote, as I said unto you, is also in John 10.26, and, quote, Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto, is the same in Matthew 1.20, and, quote, with the voice of thunder, is similar to Job 40, verse 9. Mosiah 27.12 And so great was their astonishment, that they fell to the earth, and understood not the words which he spake unto them. The words, quote, fell to the earth, are also in Acts 9.4, and, quote, and understand not the words which he spake unto them, are similar to Luke 2.50. Mosiah 27.13 Nevertheless he cried again, saying, Alma, arise and stand forth. For why persecutest thou the church of God? For the Lord hath said, This is my church, and I will establish it, and nothing shall overthrow it, save it is the transgression of my people. This sounds very similar to what the Savior said to Saul, or Paul, on the road to Damascus. The phrase, quote, why persecute thou, is also in Acts 22.7, and, quote, will establish it, is also in Psalms 48.8, and, quote, the transgressions of my people, is the same in Isaiah 53.8. I believe the author of the Book of Mormon found the experiences and teachings of the Apostle Paul most helpful. Even though Paul was not yet born when the Nephite record was allegedly written, the conversion and ministry of Paul is duplicated almost exactly in the ministry of Alma the Younger, even in manner of speech and travels. The following is a list of parallels between Paul and Alma, with a couple of exceptions. Both Alma and Paul came from legalistic religious backgrounds. Both were very wicked men before their conversion. Both were a threat to the church. Both traveled about trying to destroy the church of God. Both were vigorous in their persecution of the church. Both were out on their missions to persecute the church on the day of their conversion. Both Alma and his companions and Paul and his companions were stopped by a heavenly vision. In both cases, the people who were present fell to the earth. The companions of both Alma and Paul were unable to understand the voice that spoke. 
In the vision which followed, both Alma and Paul were asked why they fought against the work of the Lord. There certainly is a difference between the angel that Alma sees and the resurrected Christ who Paul sees. Both became physically helpless after their vision and had to receive help from their friends. Both went without food for a period of time. Both Alma and Paul were converted to the Lord. However, the kind of conversion is different in both stories. Alma had to change his behavior, but Paul had to change his beliefs. They are converted for different reasons. Alma because of the prayer of his father, and Paul because the Lord needed him for a very specific purpose. After their conversion, both traveled about preaching the word of God. Both Alma and Paul labored with their own hands for their support. Both Alma and Paul performed a similar miracle. Both were put in prison. In both cases, they prayed to the Lord. In both cases, there was a great earthquake. In both cases, the prisoners' bands were loosed. Mosiah 27, verses 14 through 15. Alma Sr., King Mosiah, and others had prayed countless times for these young men. That's why the Lord sent an angel to get their attention and bring them to the knowledge of the truth. In verse 14, the phrase, quote, be brought to the knowledge of the truth, is similar to 2 Timothy 3.7, and, quote, the power and authority of is the same in Luke 20, verse 20. Mosiah 27, verses 16 through 17. The angel tells Alma the younger to not seek to destroy the church anymore, and then the angel departed. Mosiah 27, verses 18 through 19. Alma the younger and Mosiah's sons again fell to the ground because they were so astonished at what had just happened to them. In fact, Alma was so shocked that he became dumb, unable to speak. He was so weak that he had to be carried and laid before his father. Mosiah 27.18 The phrase, quote, And the angel of the Lord, and, is also in Judges 6.11, and, quote, Shook the earth, is also in Hebrews 12.26. Mosiah 27.19 This verse is similar to Acts 9.8. Mosiah 27.20 Alma's companions rehearsed to Alma Sr. everything that happened, which made Alma Sr. rejoice. Verse 21, And he caused that a multitude should be gathered together, that they might witness what the Lord had done for his son, and also for those that were with him. Mosiah 27.22 Then he made his priest fast and prayed to God to restore his son back to his full strength. The words, quote, Open the mouth of, are also in Joshua 10, 2, and, quote, see and know of, are in Luke 21, 30, and, quote, and glory of God, are the same in 1 Corinthians eleven seven, Mosiah 27, verses 23 through 24. And it came to pass, after they had fasted and prayed for the space of two days and two nights, the limbs of Alma received their strength, and he stood up and began to speak unto them, bidding them to be of good comfort. For, said he, I have repented of my sins, and have been redeemed of the Lord. Behold, I am born of the Spirit. Alma the Younger is a new person. He has been born again. The words, quote, am born of the Spirit, are similar to John 3.8. Mosiah 27.25 God had been speaking to Alma the Younger the whole time while he was paralyzed. And the Lord said unto me, Marvel not, that all mankind, yea, men and women, all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people, must be born again, yea, born of God, 
changed from their carnal and fallen state to a state of righteousness, being redeemed of God, becoming His sons and daughters. The phrase, quote, marvel not that, and, quote, must be born again, is in John 3, 7, Mosiah 27, 26. And thus they become new creatures, and unless they do this, they can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. The words, quote, they become new creatures are similar to 2 Corinthians 5.17 and, quote, can in no wise inherit are similar to Luke 18.17 and, quote, inherit the kingdom of God are also in 1 Corinthians 6.9. Mosiah 27.27 I say unto you, unless this be the case, they must be cast off, and this I know, because I was like to be cast off. To be cast off is to not make it into the celestial kingdom. Alma was just about to miss exaltation. Mosiah 27.28 We now find out why Alma was able to repent completely in such a short time. Nevertheless, after waiting through much tribulation, repenting nigh unto death, the Lord in mercy hath seen fit to snatch me out of an everlasting burning, and I am born of God. Alma was repenting so hard that it nearly killed him. Interesting that he mentions everlasting burning. The phrase, quote, through much tribulation, is also in Acts 14.22. And, quote, night unto death, the Lord in mercy, is similar to Philippians 2.27. Mosiah 27.29. Alma the Younger will now contrast his prior spiritual darkness with the intense spiritual light which is now filled with his whole soul. My soul hath been redeemed from the gall of bitterness, and bonds of iniquity. I was in the darkest abyss, but now I behold the marvelous light of God. My soul was racked with eternal torment, but I am snatched, and my soul is pained no more. He was snatched from the jaws of hell. The term racked was changed in the 1964 edition from wrecked in the 1830 edition, page 214. The phrase, quote, the gall of bitterness and bonds of iniquity is similar to Acts 8.23, and, quote, Marvelous Light is also in 1 Peter 2.9. Mosiah 27.30 I rejected my Redeemer, and denied that which had been spoken of by our fathers. But now that they may foresee that He will come, and that He remembereth every creature of His creating, He will make Himself manifest unto all. The words, quote, every creature of, are in 1 Timothy 4.4. 4 and, quote, manifest unto all, are also in 2 Timothy 3.9. Back in Jacob chapter 7, we read about Sherem, who acted very similar to Alma the Younger. In Sherem's case, he was killed by God, but in the case of Alma the Younger, God saved him. Doesn't seem quite fair. Not all the readers of the Book of Mormon are aware that the Book of Mormon contains three accounts of the conversion of Alma the Younger. The account in Mosiah 27 verses 8 through 37 gives a contemporary record of how Alma harassed the church and of his extraordinary conversion. Twenty-seven years later, Alma twice recounts his conversion story as he blesses his son Helaman, recorded in Alma 36 4 through 6, and his second son Sheblin, recorded in Alma 38 and verses 4 through 8. There have been attempts by the LDS to compare Alma's three accounts with the nine accounts of Joseph Smith. See Gospel Topic Essays, First Vision Accounts, and our episode on the First Vision. Links are in the description. 
The LDS Church's approach to deflecting criticism of Joseph Smith's nine-verse vision accounts are to show that the similar issues pertain to Paul's vision. However, the comparative argument fails. They also attempt to argue that the discrepancies in Paul's first vision accounts justifies the discrepancies in Joseph Smith's first vision accounts. But that doesn't work because the discrepancies in Acts is a very minor, inconsequential difference that has nothing to do with the credibility of Paul's vision having seen the risen Christ. The difference does not come close to being as significant as to whether Joseph Smith saw God the Father. Plus, the discrepancies in Joseph Smith's multiple accounts of the first vision are significant because the accounts were given at various times over a period of several years and paralleled his evolving theology during those years from monotheism to polytheism. Nothing like that is going on with the accounts of Paul in Acts, or in Mosiah and Alma for that matter. See our Come Follow Me podcast on Acts 22-28. Mosiah 27-31 Yea, every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess before him. Yea, even at the last day, when all men shall stand to be judged of him, then shall they confess that he is God. Then shall they confess, who live without God in the world, that the judgment of an everlasting punishment is just upon them. And they shall quake, and tremble, and shrink beneath the glance of his all-searching eye. The phrase, quote, every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess before him, is similar to Romans 14.11. And, quote, that he is God, is also in Second Thessalonians 2.4. And, quote, without God in the world, is the same in Ephesians 2.12, and, quote, everlasting punishment is in Matthew 25.46. The all-searching eye, or all-seeing eye of God, is represented in the architecture of the Nauvoo Temple and the Salt Lake Temple. History of the Church by Joseph Smith, Volume 4, page 550-551, records Joseph Smith's induction into the Masonic Lodge in 1842. Quote, I received the first degree in Freemasonry in the Nauvoo Lodge assembled in the general business office. End quote. The next day, Joseph Smith recorded in History of the Church, Volume 4, page 552, quote, Wednesday, March 16th, I was with the Masonic Lodge and rose to the sublime degree. End quote. Mormon involvement in Freemasonry grew rapidly. In the Encyclopedia of Mormonism, Volume 2, page 527, it reads, quote, the introduction in Freemasonry in Nauvoo had both political and religious implications. Eventually, nearly 1,500 LDS men became associated with Illinois Freemasonry, including many members of the church's governing priesthood bodies. This at a time when the total number of non-LDS Masons in Illinois lodges barely reached 150. The Mormon endowment ceremony introduced by Joseph Smith was inspired by the Masonic Lodge ceremonies. It was also obvious that the Nauvoo Temple architecture, and later the Salt Lake Temple, was influenced by masonry with the use of Masonic symbols and shapes, along with sunstones, moon and star stones, cloud stones, aprons, beehives, compass, square, hand grip, was the all-seeing eye. Other Book of Mormon references of the all-searching eye include 2 Nephi 9.44, quote, beneath the glance of his all-searching eye, and Jacob 2.10, quote, under the glance of the piercing eye of the Almighty God, end quote, and 
Mosiah 27.31, quote, the glance of his all-searching eye, end quote. Mosiah 27, verses 32-33. Following this miraculous conversion story, Alma and the four sons of Mosiah travel around the country, sharing with people what they had heard and seen. As they preached the word of God, they were severely persecuted, but they continued to tell the members of the church to keep the commandments. Mosiah 27.32 The words, quote, and preaching the word of God, are similar to Acts 15.35. Mosiah 27.33 This verse is similar to Acts 14.22. Mosiah 27, verses 34-35 And four of them were the sons of Mosiah, and their names were Ammon and Aaron and Omner and Himni. These were the names of the sons of Mosiah. And they traveled throughout all the land of Zarahemla, and among all the people who were under the reign of King Mosiah, zealously striving to repair all the injuries which they had done to the church, confessing all their sins, and publishing all the things which they had seen, and explaining the prophecies and the scriptures to all who desired to hear them. The words, quote, things which they had seen, are also in Luke 9.36, and, quote, desire to hear, are in Acts 13.7. Latter-day Saints believe that this principle of restitution is an important component of true repentance. It means doing everything within your power to right the wrongs which you have caused. Mosiah 27.36 And thus they were instruments in the hands of God in bringing many to the knowledge of the truth, yea, to the knowledge of their Redeemer. The phrase, quote, to the knowledge of the truth, is also in 2 Timothy 3.7, Mosiah 27.37. And how blessed are they, for they did publish peace, they did publish good tidings of good, and they did declare unto the people that the Lord reigneth. The phrase, quote, good tidings of good, is also in Isaiah 52.7, and, quote, that the Lord reigneth, is in Psalms 96.10. Mosiah 28.1. Mormon continues telling us that after Mosiah's sons were done preaching to everyone in Zarahemla, they wanted a bigger challenge. They decided to ask the king if they could go to the land of Nephi and preach to the Lamanites. In verse 2, Mosiah's sons had good intentions. They wanted to improve relations with the Lamanites by sharing the knowledge of the Lord. The words, quote, that there should be no more contentions are similar to 1 Corinthians 12.25. We are not told here how the people of Zarahemla reacted to the idea of Mosiah's sons going on a mission to the Lamanites, but in Alma 26, verses 23-26, we discover that the popular reaction was not favorable. It says they laughed us to scorn. Mosiah 28.3 They wanted everyone to be saved from the endless torment of hell. The words, quote, to every creature are also in Colossians 1.23. Mosiah 28.4 They knew what they were talking about since they had once been the vilest of sinners themselves. The words, quote, because of their iniquities, are also in Psalms 107, verse 17. Mosiah 28.5 And it came to pass that they did plead with their father many days that they might go up to the land of Nephi. You can imagine the fears their fathers had about letting them go into such a dangerous environment. Verse 6 and King Mosiah went and inquired of the Lord if he should let his sons go up among the Lamanites to preach the word. The phrase, quote, to preach the word, is also in Acts 16.16. 16. 
Mosiah 28.7 And the Lord said unto Mosiah, Let them go up, for many shall believe on their words, and they shall have eternal life. And I will deliver thy sons out of the hands of the Lamanites. That sounds like good news and some concerning news. We will learn in chapter 17 through 26 of Alma that they suffered much in order to fulfill their mission to the Lamanites. But they did return to their father when their missions were completed. Mosiah 28.8 And it came to pass that Mosiah granted that they might go and do according to their request. In verse 9, Mormon then states, And they took their journey into the wilderness to go up to preach the word among the Lamanites, and I shall give an account of their proceedings hereafter. Again, this account is recorded in Alma chapters 17 through 26. The phrase, quote, And they took their journey into the wilderness is similar to Numbers 33:12. Mosiah 28:10. As Mosiah is approaching the end of his life, and he begins his farewell by making preparations. Now King Mosiah had no one to confer the kingdom upon, for there was not any of his sons who would accept of the kingdom. Mosiah 28:11. Now, with his sons gone, he has to decide what to do with the sacred records, sword of Laban, and other artifacts entrusted to his care by his father, King Benjamin. Therefore, he took the records which were engraven on the plates of brass, and also the plates of Nephi, and all the things which he had kept and preserved according to the commandments of God, after having translated and caused to be written the records which were on the plates of gold, which had been found by the people of Limhi, which were delivered to him by the hand of Limhi. These plates of gold were the twenty-four plates which contain the history of the Jaredite records in Ether. In this verse, and no less than five more times in the 1830 edition, is the abbreviation ampersand C, meaning and so forth, used. It is hardly believable that such a symbol as ampersand C was a translation from ancient writings. This kind of mistake is clear evidence of a recent origin of the book. Mosiah 28.12 Mosiah's people really wanted to know what had happened to their ancestors. And since his sons were gone for a while, who knows if he might be the last true seer for a while. Mosiah 28.13 And now he translated them by the means of those two stones which were fastened into the two rims of a bow. Referring to Urim and Thummim. The words, quote, by the means of those, are in Revelation 13.14 and, quote, which were fastened, are in Second Chronicles 12.2, and, quote, of a bow, are in First Chronicles 12.2. In the front of the Book of Mormon, we find the testimony of Joseph Smith, which says, Also that there were two stones in silver bows, and these stones, fastened to a breastplate, constituted what is called the Urim and Thummim, deposited with the plates, and the possession and use of these stones were what constituted seers in ancient or former times, and that God had prepared them for the purpose of translating the book. In the Gospel Topic Essay, the Book of Mormon Translation, the Church establishes as fact that Joseph used a seer stone to translate the Book of Mormon. Joseph found the stone in the ground years before he retrieved the gold plates and the Urim and Thummim. He had used this specific stone to search for treasure. As a matter of fact, he only used the Urim and Thummim to translate the first 116 pages, called the Book of Lehi. Makes you wonder why the need for the gold plates in the Urim and Thummim. When Smith ended up using his treasure-seeking peepstone in a hat instead. 
Pictures were used by the LDS Church on the official website and in various publications for decades, which misled members into concluding that Joseph translated the Book of Mormon while actually looking at the characters engraved upon the gold plates. Only recently is the church depicting Joseph's face in the hat in their picture of the translation process. For a detailed description of how that worked, we have David Whitmer, one of the three witnesses, in an address to all believers in Christ, 1887, page 12, who described the meticulous method by which the gold plates were translated. Quote, I will now give you a description of the manner in which the Book of Mormon was translated. Joseph Smith would put the seer stone into a hat and put his face in the hat, drawing it closely around his face to exclude the light, and in the darkness the spiritual light would shine. A piece of something resembling parchment would appear, and on that appeared the writing. One character at a time would appear, and under it was the interpretation in English. End quote. Mosiah 28, verses 14 through 15. Now these things were prepared from the beginning, and were handed down from generation to generation for the purpose of interpreting languages. And they have been kept and preserved by the hand of the Lord, that he should discover to every creature who should possess the land the iniquities and abominations of his people. The phrase, quote, to every creature, is also in Colossians 1.23. Mosiah 28.16. And whosoever has these things is called seer, after the manner of old times. I guess a seer is someone who can translate things by looking at a peep stone in the bottom of a hat, just like in old times. Mosiah 28.17 So what did Mosiah learn from these long-lost plates? Just about everything. They told the history of the Jaredites right back to the Tower of Babel and even to the creation of Adam. It doesn't get much better than that. The words, quote, were scattered abroad upon the, are also in Acts 11.19, and, quote, abroad upon the face of all the earth, are in Genesis 11.9, Mosiah 28.18. Mosiah's people were both happy and sad to hear the Jaredite story. Mosiah 28.19. The phrase, quote, the things which are written in this account, is similar to Revelation 22.19. Mosiah 28.20. And now as I said unto you, that after King Mosiah had done these things, he took the plates of brass, and all the things which he had kept, and conferred them upon Alma, who was the son of Alma. Yea, all the records, and also the interpreters, and conferred them upon him, and commanded him that he should keep and preserve them, and also keep a record of the people, handing them down from one generation to another, even as they had been handed down from the time that Lehi left Jerusalem. So now Alma the Younger becomes the custodian of all these sacred items. And this concludes our study for today. Please subscribe so you won't miss any of our future episodes. You can catch us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast player you use. Or you can go to our website at TalkingToMormons.com where you can download the script and learn much more. Until then, God bless.